So we are exploring this chapter now, chapter 7, where Paul is talking about having died to the law, something that really makes a number of Christians or many, many Christians nervous. They tend to want to avoid Paul and avoid the book of Romans because it sounds so not only odd, but also dangerous because uh, surely we are law uh, law keepers, surely we are responsible in society, surely we are obedient to God. Well, then, why this dying to the law? Uh, So I want to encourage you to be brave in your faith when looking at the book of Romans chapter 7. And when you do, you will be amazed at how it speaks to your mind and how faith speaks to your mind and gives you a freedom that you never thought you could have. Some people want to sort of rewrite Paul. They say, well, we we, we don't use his language anymore. Uh, We don't talk about dying to the law. We simply talk about, um, well, what other way is there to talk about it? How do we express that death to the law in any other way? Maybe we uh, express it uh, in the way that, well, we're not responsible for our um, wrongdoing anymore, uh, so uh, yet we are uh, responsible people because we learn to love God, so we just want to uh, uh, express it in a more um, less obnoxious way, a more gentle way. But you can't get around what Paul is trying to do, because he is talking about a death. We look at our Christian lives and we talk about conversion and new birth, and we do that, that new birth expression, because we're talking about something entirely different and new from what we had before. We are not the same people. In many ways, we feel we are. In many ways, we have temptations uh, and sins, that, uh, and we don't seem to be making much growth sometimes, it seems. But what we need to know is that there is a marked difference, an absolutely marked difference so great that it is uh, only can only be described in terms of life and death between what we were and what we are now. And so this is what we mustn't escape from when it comes to Romans. So look at Romans chapter 7, that is. Look at verse 1 then. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. Now, why does he say, or do you not know? He's obviously continuing a thought from the previous chapter. These be careful of the chapter headings. They are helpful, or the chapter divisions. They are helpful uh, in some ways. For instance, uh, chapter 5 is talking about freedom from wrath. Chapter 6, freedom from uh, sin. Chapter 7, freedom from law. Chapter 8, freedom from death in Romans. But the the, the chapter divisions must be... Uh, recognized as a pure imposition of the translator upon the text. There is no natural chapter division in the original text. So Paul is continuing with a thought. Well, what is that thought? That the wages of... Well, first of all, the whole chapter 6, that we are dead to the powers of the law. 
I'm sorry, dead to the powers of sin. We died to sin, he says in Romans chapter 6. So that's the theme that he's been working on in his mind. So then he says, Oh, do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. Well, at first, if you don't understand what Paul is saying, that's not particularly encouraging because it it seems to be saying, well, the law will have dominion over you until you're dead. And uh, so we're not free from the law. After all, then, uh, we're, uh, we're under the law and under its condemnation and judgment and its challenge to be uh, r- perfect and righteous when we can't meet that right till our death. So it doesn't sound very encouraging at first. But Paul is saying something that is absolutely profound. The fact is we have died. We have been counted as put under the judgment of Jesus Christ's crucifixion. When he died, he died a judgment of death to sin. And that judgment was on our behalf. And so when Paul says, Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives, he's saying it no longer has dominion over you because you died. You are counted as if you had gone under the judgment of Jesus Christ, and therefore the law does not have dominion over you to condemn you and to declare a judgment upon you to reinforce all the guilt and the shame and the sorrow that you feel for your sins and for your humanity. And so he gives us an illustration of this in the next uh, few ver- uh, next verse, and he says this, For a woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law or of her husband. So then, if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. So this is a pretty obvious uh, idea, isn't it? It's the fact that the law exists only as humans exist in relationship to it. If uh, it's like, uh, you know, the question of uh, if a tree falls in a forest uh, and there's no uh, body around, uh, does it make a sound? Well, it's the same with the law. Does the law exist if there's nobody around? Well, Paul is saying, no, it doesn't, if people are dead to it. And so this is what Paul is trying to tell us. Verse 4, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ. Now, notice you didn't become dead to the law by a discipline that enabled you to overcome every single thought and act of sin. You didn't uh, die to the law in the sense that you had willpower that uh, so gained victory over every wrongdoing that now the law has nothing to say to you. It cannot speak to you. It cannot condemn you. It cannot say you're wrong because you, you have been perfectly right for so many years. That's not what it means. It means 
that you have so by faith identified with Jesus Christ as the man for you and the man for your womanhood as well as manhood, you have so identified with him by faith that his death to sin and to its judgment is yours. And you, therefore, having been raised from the dead, are not counted or reckoned as a sinner anymore. And therefore, when the mind condemns you and you become overwhelmed with shame and guilt uh, because you haven't got everything right yet, you are free in your heart to say, Father, you hear my pain and my guilt and shame and sorrow, but I praise you and thank you that I am not condemned. I am dead to the condemnation of the law. This truth is a psychological boon, let me tell you. There are so many people in the world that do not know what to do with their thoughts, with their thoughts of shame, with their skeletons in the closet, with the memory of their sins, and they, though the memory of their sins haunts them, particularly if those sins have been particularly uh, vagrant and wrong uh, and glaringly obnoxious to the rest of the world, there is no escaping the haunting sensations in the mind. And you say to yourself, if only people, if people just knew what I have done or who I am. Now, we don't go into denial. We don't try to pretend, but we go into faith. Faith does not deny what we did in the past. It properly acknowledges it. It repents of it. It makes confession if necessary. It goes before the law if, if, the, if it is a criminal issue. But if we have faith, we are acknowledging our wrong, but are also acknowledging the liberty of the gospel to free us from judgment so that we can go under the consequences of our sins without any more shame. We can go under the consequences of the law, knowing that we are still God's precious children. Therefore, my brethren, again I read this to you, you have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another. Now that's an odd and interesting expression, being married to someone, but of course he's still carrying on the uh, um, image of the woman uh, whose husband died so that she is freed from the law of marriage and free uh, from uh, to, to marry again. And so we are free to marry. We are free to marry Christ by faith. It is a, a symbolic expression, of course, there's nothing literal about it. But what it means is that we're not simply floating uh, in midair with no allegiance to one party or the other. We have come down to ground again, and we are freed from the law, freed from judgment, so that we can marry uh, Jesus Christ, be married in fellowship to Christ. It says that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that you should bear fruit to, uh, to God. Now, don't be put off by this symbolism, because it has a tremendously important uh, teaching in it. 
There are so many Christians who just do not feel that they are devoted to Christ because the memory of their sins, as well as their uh, emotions that still stir up, the temptation of those sins or the longing for those sins is still present in their mind and they have not yet disconnected or been able to disconnect from their past memories. And they therefore feel that being a Christian is something of a fraud, uh, something of a hypocrisy, something of a pretense because they still have the old nature within them. But you see, what we need to understand by faith is that we can count those thoughts in our head and those memories of the past and that haunting presence of our human nature as dead. It is dead in Christ. We recognize that we have been put on the cross in substitution by uh, by Christ. We've been put on the cross, as it were, and we are therefore finished in identity with the old life, which gives us the freedom to enjoy Jesus Christ in fellowship with him now. There is the truth of it. Don't soften it. It is an issue of being dead to one thing and now alive to Christ. Thanks for joining me today. Colin Cook here, and uh, you can listen to the broadcast any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Please download the app, soundcloud.com, or it's a free app, by the way, or uh, podbean.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. You listen also to this program on the radio, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas on KLTT AMC. And if you would care to make end-of-year donations, it would be so much appreciated. You can make them online at faithquestradio.com. Press the donations button there. and uh, Or you can uh, send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Thanks. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless. <music> 